Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. How many people need more money? Okay, so if you haven't put your hand up, and I'm not actually looking, but I want to say something to you, and it's not to be offensive, okay, because it's not nice to be offensive. But if you think you don't need more money, to me, it's a picture of selfishness. Because we are created by God to be people that would live in the overflow because there's a world in need. And so you always need more money. You know, um, there's so much need out there, so many organisations that need to be resourced. And so... The money's got to get into the hands of the righteous for the principles of the righteous to take place. And so you need a strategy from God about unlocking wealth in your life. Money's connected to your assignment. If you don't have provision, you can't fulfill completely your assignment. Your assignment will take money. God gives you a dream and sometimes we shut down the dreams of God because we don't have the resources that we need. And so I told you last week that when Adam was thrown out of the garden, his focus became his provision and survival, not the assignment that God had for him. So he never left his own backyard. When he was called to reach all of the world, but now his focus became, how do I make ends meet? And if that's your focus today, I'm here to help you, not to criticize you or to put you down. I want to empower you so provision becomes something that you live in. God's answer to the curse system was the Sabbath day rest. And on the sixth day, he created so much. It's, he created a double portion so that man would be born into the seventh day and live out of the overflow of God's kingdom. You were designed by God to live in an overflow. Are you hearing me? So there'd be so much in your life flowing through that you could embrace your assignment without the restrictions of the curse. If there's worry, anxiety, bondage, any of those things in your life concerning money, you need to now discover how the kingdom of God operates. Matthew 6 is all about this. It's freeing us from a fallen system to operate in the kingdom. And one of my passions is to enable people to discover how the kingdom of God works in you. Luke 17 says, Do you not know that the kingdom of God is within you? So how do we operate in this kingdom and how does that kingdom in me unlock provision in my life? Is anyone interested in that? I think it should be the quest of our life. How does this kingdom in me? Because we've all got the kingdom. The moment you're born again, the kingdom comes in its entirety. You don't get any less or more than me. So the issue is, do I know how to access that? His divine power has given us everything that we need for life here and godliness. And it connects life and godliness and his divine power with the knowledge of God. See, we, we perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't know how the kingdom operates, if you don't know the laws of the kingdom... You can have all of God and none of God. You can have all the potential Holy Spirit in there, but no mechanism of releasing that. And that's my job, is to help you unlock the kingdom. And I said to you last week that you were all called to occupy an area in our life, an area of finance. We are all called 
to wealth in our own area. And so I showed you that parable of the man that, that uh, found a treasure in a field. And it says he, he, he didn't have enough money to buy the field, so he went and sold all he had till he had enough money to buy the treasure. And I said to you that you're called to occupy a field, and God gives you a glimpse of what that is, and then we go away and we trade until we're ready to occupy that field. And it may be we trade in faith, in standing firm, whatever it might be, in giving, but we build up a capacity until we're ready to step into that field. See, the reason that you don't have more wealth is because you haven't yet learned to occupy in that realm. And the greater the authority that you carry in that realm, the greater resources that will flow into your life. Adam fell in the garden and he went from living in, from a state of provision from God and now he's exposed to a cursed, fallen system. And what happened as you study scripture, Noah's sons, they began to form, they got this idea and it was really a demonic idea, they got an idea to, for, to form a system that this world operates in. And out of the time of, of Babel, we had this, this system come that controls the riches and the wealth of the world. And you've heard of the term mammon in Matthew 6. Jesus says you can't serve the kingdom of God and mammon. Mammon's not money. Mammon is a, a spirit behind it. It's a system of this world. Mammon was a Syrian god of riches that was established in, in the Babylonian Empire. And so there's this system that was created by Satan that governs the finances and the wealth and the influence over this earth. It is a spiritual system. You understand that? And Jesus says, you get two choices. You either function in mammon, in the system that the enemies created, or you function in the kingdom of God. You get to pick. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian or not, but you get to pick. So Christians say, well, we can't be cursed because Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Absolutely. And do you know how he did that? He offered you the kingdom of God. But if you function in mammon, you are functioning in a cursed system. So are you cursed? No, you're not cursed because Jesus redeemed you. But you're functioning in a system that is cursed, that brings worry, stress, bondage, anxiety, and constant lack. And when I look at that, it sums up a vast majority of Christians. Into this system, God spoke into mammon, into Babylon, into Babel confusion and uncontrolled imaginations. And that's what takes place in this system. There's confusion. The finance system is totally confused. And uncontrolled imaginations. That's called worry, anxiety and stress. That's the hallmark of the kingdom of darkness, of, of mammon, is, is uncontrolled. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Stress, anxiety, trying to get enough to make ends meet, never having enough, never feeling like you're secure. When you're in functioning in that realm, you can't embrace your assignment. It's a ploy. It's like a, it's like a rat on a, on a, on a, on a treadmill, and never, never making any ground. And the devil wants to keep you locked in this fallen system. And, and it's like God is wanting to open the eyes of his children to see there is a fallen system and there is the kingdom of God. 
It's so clear. It was the fallen system. And let me say something before I get any further. If you've got issues with money, lack thereof, or worry or anxiety, you need to turn on your antennas. Don't turn off and say another subject about money. You need to listen. It's like a sick person going to the doctor you know, and telling the doctor the diagnosis. You know, the, he's more clever than the doctor. No, if you're sick, you need to listen. Okay, so I'm trying, I, I really am trying to unpack the heart of God concerning the kingdom. And it's not just about finance because what I'm teaching has implications in every area of the kingdom. Is that cool? Good. So the devil offered this fallen system to Jesus and he did it in the wilderness. Just a few points before we unpack the rest. The devil knew that Jesus had come to the earth on a mission to reclaim everything that was stolen. And so there's this tremendous battle that goes on in the wilderness where the enemy is about to offer all of the kingdoms, the system, to Jesus. He said to Jesus, if you want the earth back, you're going to have to come through me because I control the earth and I control it through fallen man. I have permission to operate in this world and if you want this world back, you are going to have to come through me because I control all of mankind. I have put my nature in them and now I control them. And because their nature is in me, they now function in a system. And he had a monopoly on all the world. And he knew that Jesus had come to regain what Adam had given away. Jesus was on a mission. I came to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? Man's authority to outwork the will of the Father on earth. So Jesus engages the devil... In the wilderness as a man. And the temptations show us that Jesus reveals that he is the perfect man. He cannot be tempted by food. He is perfect in all his ways. He is the perfect man without flaw. But not only is he that, but he is the perfect man surrendered to the will of God. Because the second temptation is about whether the perfect man will come under the lordship of his father. He's, see, he's about to bring a whole new way of living back into the world. A whole new man is being introduced back into earth. He's about to create a new system. Because remember, he never says these words, Behold, the kingdom of God is here until he defeats the devil in the wilderness. This whole battle in the wilderness is about establishing a perfect man who will function in a new kingdom. The devil's offering Jesus the kingdoms of this world through his fallen system. And Jesus says, no way. I'm going to bring in a new kingdom, a new way, a perfect man. And because you are in Christ today, the moment Jesus comes into your heart, do you know what that means? It means you have never given anything to the devil. Before that, you are lopped in with all the other all of humanity that sold themselves under his lordship and has to function in that system. Because you're in Christ, you've never given your authority to the enemy so you can legally take it back. So you need to understand your legal right. You have, because you're in Christ, Jesus didn't fail in the wilderness. He was doing that as a man in the wilderness, then at, at the cross on behalf of all mankind. He never succumbed to the devil. So you can look the devil in the eye and say, because I'm in Christ, I never gave you authority. And so on behalf of my father, 
I'm taking all that back. I am now functioning in his realm. Do you understand that? So there's a fallen system and there's the kingdom of God. There are two aspects to, our, to the gospel. There's the gospel of salvation that gets you right with God. But there's the gospel of the kingdom, which is how to live free from the world system. It unhooks us from the world system and begins to make us understand how the kingdom functions. And it should be one of your greatest quests is to understand now the kingdom is in me. How does it function? How do I access the kingdom and how do I release this kingdom to bring provision and fulfill my assignment. See, the kingdom of God within us is a hundredfold kingdom. Think about that. I give you $10, what's 100 times 10? I give you $1,000, and I times it by 100? I give you a million dollars, and then I give you another 100 million, that becomes a lot of money. This kingdom has incredible power, not just money, because we can use that as an example, because you can times it, but in every area of your life, it is an exponential kingdom. It's the mustard seed, the least seed in the garden, but grows up to be the biggest tree. And you say, well, I'm coming from a long way back. My IQ, my finances. But the Lord says, when you understand the kingdom, it doesn't matter what country you live in. It doesn't matter about your education. If you understand how the kingdom functions, it has the potential to be a hundredfold every year. Isaac sowed in the land of famine. He, he was, you know, he'd come from Cheapside. Does anyone understand what Cheapside is? Yeah. The wrong side of the tracks? Yeah. Okay, he came from, from you know, he, he was up against it, but, but because he understood how the kingdom functioned, he prospered so much that the kings of the land envied him. See, this is what we've got to realize. This kingdom within us is incredibly powerful. And it's got nothing to do with your ability. It's got to do with your revelation. See, because one word from God, listen, one word from God can tell you, like we're talking about money, can tell you to take your coin and put it here. And it multiplies a hundredfold. Luke 16, 8 says, and I use this scripture all the time, the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly because the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than you, the sons of light. Did you hear that? He said that all the jokers out there that are in darkness, they understand, yeah, they've got a crummy system, but they understand how it works. They have got it down pat. But the sons of the light are like, they've got this amazing system, but they've never investigated it. They've never studied it. They haven't prayed in the spirit. They haven't searched in the word. God, you said the kingdom's in me. And you said that John the Baptist was greater than all of the people of the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac. Jacob. See, when I start thinking about kingdom finance, I think Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. That's what I think. And you said John the Baptist is greater than all them. And the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. The one that's 101, baby Christian, nano, least, is greater than David, 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within you. Are you hearing me? There's no place for orphans, victims, weak people, because my job is to cause you to see how great the kingdom is within you. What God has invested in you is amazing. It is incredible. And that's what we're trying to unpack. The kingdom of God within me. You have an unfair advantage. In every circumstance, every workplace, everywhere you go, because you have the brilliance of the mind of Christ within you, waiting to be tapped into and unlocked. Matthew 6, beware of practicing your righteousness. So in Matthew 6, Jesus is comparing two kingdoms, all right? Have you got that? Kingdom of darkness, system of this world, and the kingdom of God. Beware of practicing righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites or the actors or the impersonators do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they would be honored by men. I say to you, they've got their reward in full. And this is what the Lord said to me, Andrew, there's a lot that impersonates and masquerades as the kingdom that is merely religion and flesh. Did you hear that? There's a lot in the church that masquerades as the kingdom that is merely fleshly and religious when it comes to every area, but particularly money. So just because you've got a lot of money doesn't mean you understand the kingdom. It may masquerade as being blessed of the Lord, but the issue is, did you make your money in the system or in the kingdom? It may masquerade as being blessed, but I want to know, do you understand the kingdom? But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. So your giving will be in secret. In secret. In secret. In secret. And your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you visibly and openly. And this is what the Lord said to me. There is little visible manifestation of my kingdom glory on some people's finances because it doesn't originate in the secret place. There's little of my glory on some people's finances because it doesn't originate in the secret place. And when it originates in the secret place, which is discovering the mysteries and the solutions inside yourself in the kingdom, waiting on the Lord is the secret place. Then there's a visible manifestation of God's glory in your finances. What does that mean? It means so when I give, there will be a release of the glory of God. I've discovered, and this is a generalized statement, okay? But I've discovered people who make their money in the system are reluctant to give it cheerfully. Because it's come through toil and sweat. But those that make their money in the mysteries of the kingdom understand that it was God's glory that revealed it and it shall be given to his glory. So if you've made all your money through sweat and toil, I'm saying to you, very studious, but it's not the kingdom. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work, and, and, but I'm saying God is saying to us, 
There's provision that comes through the system, through you working and slaving, and there's provision that comes supernaturally through the kingdom. And it's an overflow. It's an overflow. It's a rest. It's an overflow. And it's easy to give away what God gives to you. If you have trouble giving away money, may I suggest that you maybe didn't earn it or receive it, sorry, in the kingdom. And when you pray, don't use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do. When you see the word Gentiles, it's, it's those who don't recognize or live in the covenant of God. Is a Sabbath-keeping covenant. They think they're going to be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. See, I don't see if you got last week. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Well done. Give us this day tomorrow's bread. That's what it says in the Greek. In other words, we are about to, Jesus saying, I'm going to unlock you from the earth system into a Sabbath day rest, and I'm going to give you today what you need for tomorrow. Uh, and that's the double blessing. Isaiah 61.7 says, Instead of your shame, I will give you double. Did you hear me? Yes. Instead of your shame of working this, I'm going to bring you into a system where there is so much provision that you won't need to worry about tomorrow, Matthew 6. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Why? Because I'm going to give you so much today, it's going to be more than enough to meet your needs for tomorrow. So you won't be focused today on tomorrow. He says, sufficient is the trouble for today. What does that mean? He says, if, if, if your tomorrow is not taken care of, you can't live in the present. Did you hear me? Why? Because your mind's in tomorrow. And he's saying, I'm bringing opportunities to bless you. I'm bringing opportunities for you to be a blessing. But your mind is on tomorrow rather than today. Give us this day tomorrow's bread. You see, that's the way God designed us. There are rivers of provision inside your tummy. Did you know that? In you, there's a kingdom within you. Let me tell you this. I don't know if you know this. But the Garden of Eden is a picture of you. Paul says, you are God's garden. Eden is, it means delight. And Jesus said in Luke, it's my Father's delight to give you the kingdom. Do you see this? Eden's a picture of you. It's Father's delight to give you the kingdom. Eden is a picture of of the believer. And it says in Eden there flows four rivers. Did you know that? Yeah. Do you know what these rivers were? Because this is, this is setting you up for provision. Let me tell you about the rivers. I know you want to know. Pishon is the first river, P-I-S-H-O-N. And it's a river that encircles gold. And not just gold, but the finest of gold. Out of you, there is a river of God. There is a kingdom expression, kingdom revelation of wisdom that will lead you to not just wealth, but the greatest wealth that you've ever seen. It's in you. It was in Eden. Does anyone want to swim down that river? 
see, see, God didn't just put it there. Oh, no, uh, we're going to tell a story. So let's, let's come up with Eden. What can we put in it? Let's, let's have four rivers. Four sounds good. No. These were real rivers. And Jesus is saying, out of your innermost being will flow Okay, And who did he speak of? The Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He leads us to provision. He speaks to you. He says, I know where the gold is. Why do we spiritualize everything? Religious masquerading. Why do we do that all the time? The kingdom of God is in you. It's a river. I can feel it flowing. I wake up some mornings, I feel it. It's in my tummy. I can feel it. There's gold in them hills. <laughs> the second river was Gihon. G-I-H-O-N. And it means to burst and overflow. It's the river of breakthrough, of provision and breakthrough. This third river is the river of Tigris. And it's the river that Daniel prayed at to get his dream and revelation. Do you remember that? That's the very river. So we've got provision, we've got breakthrough, we've got revelation and insight. It's all flowing in Eden. And the last river is Euphrates, which means fruitful. And why is that important? Because what's inside a fruit? Seeds. And seed is what I need for the next miracle and the next generation. See, if I have all those other things without the seed, it stops with me. But there is an anointing in me, the kingdom of God flowing, not just for my breakthrough, but there is, there is provision to unlock. So while I'm speaking, I can feel people taking hold of the seeds that are coming out of my river and they're making it their own. Can you feel? I can feel people getting rich now. Everything that we need is inside you. And Jesus said there's the kingdom of seed of this world, the, the kingdom of this world, the system of this world, and there's the kingdom within you. I love telling the story. I've told it so many times. You may get bored. But of Isaac sowing in the land of famine. And I read that story and it said, and Isaac sowed in the land of famine. And I love that word because the word sowed. You may have heard this, but I'm going to read it again. Is Zara. Isaac Zared. In the land of famine. That word Zara is, uh, the first is Zayin. And that word Zayin out of Zara means the Sabbath rest. The Hebrew letter Zayin is the seventh letter and it means Sabbath rest. Resh means the head or the way you think. It's a Sabbath mindset, right? And the last word is Ayin, which means sight, but it also means a water well. A Sabbath rest unveils, unlocks a water well within you. And that's how he was able to sow in the land of famine and reap a hundredfold when there was famine all around and no rain because he had a Sabbath rest. He understood that God was his provision. He knew how to unlock it here. And what was inside him watered those seeds. See, what's inside you is going to water barren places. You're going to a workplace where it's going downhill. If you would just walk in there and begin to release the kingdom, well, how do I do that? Well, I just do it like this. I release the kingdom. The kingdom of God is with me. I bless my workplace. 
I bless the finances. I release what's in me because I carry. I am the dwelling place of the Spirit. I release what I have into my realm. Matthew 6, 22 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is clear, that word clear means single. Your whole body will be full of light. See, you've got to come to a place where you say, I choose to live by kingdom revelation. If your eye is single, there will be great revelation. If your eye is evil, what's the opposite of single? Is double. James says the double-minded man is unstable. It's like one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the system. And, and Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You're either hot or you're cold. See, it's the same with the kingdom, same with grace. You either embrace grace of the law, but if you mix the two together, that's when God can't deal with you. You're lukewarm, and he says, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Embrace grace or the law, the kingdom or the system. But if you sit in the middle, that's the hardest place for God to reach people. No one, verse 24, can serve two masters. They will hate one, love the other, devoted to one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God, the kingdom, and mammon. Did you hear me? In case you weren't sure about that, let me say it again. You cannot, you cannot serve the kingdom and mammon. Worry, anxiety, toil and stress. And at the same time, the kingdom of God. They don't mix. Our mandate is to bring a cursed world under the influence of the kingdom. Did you hear that? Our mandate is to bring a cursed world system under the headship, the anointing, the mandate of the kingdom. That's your role. That's your mandate. Mark 6, 32. It's the story of the five loaves and two fish. There was a big need. Jesus said to the disciples, you go and feed them. They said, because they were operating under an earth system, they said, Lord, eight months wages, toil, sweat, would not be enough to feed what we have here. Isn't that our default system so often? Going to the natural, looking at our bank account and saying, God, I can't do that because this is all I have. That's why Jesus said, when I send you, don't take money belt, don't take all sh double shoes. The labourer is worthy of his wages. I am the provider. There is so much provision in me. You operate out of a fallen system, it won't work. You've got to operate out of my system. He says, what do you have then? Lord, we... Eight months' wages. We can't do this. Our assignment will have to be put on hold because there's not provision. And he says, what do you have? And they said to him, what? We have five loaves and fish. They gave it to Jesus and he took it and he blessed it. He consecrated it. He separated it. And what he was doing, he was taking what they had out of a cursed system and he was bringing it into the kingdom of God. He separated it. Listen to this, if you're taking notes. Anything that remains under man's control is under a cursed system of government. And it's not under the government of God where it's able to be blessed. Jesus saw they had something that could be placed under the government of God. This is a big deal. See, your stuff is either under God's government or under a cursed system. It doesn't mean you're cursed, but what you own, what you have, your ideas, your time, your talents, your money, is either under a fallen system, and that's what the, the disciples were operating under a cursed system. Do you understand that? 
We would need eight months' wages. It's a cursed system. He says, what do you have in that system? Bring it to me. Bring it into the kingdom. I will set what you have apart and put it under Father's government. And when that happens, you will see unending provision. Once the asset is moved into God's kingdom, he has legal access to multiply what you have. That's why there's a 12-basket overflow. God's saying, it's under my government now. Do you see that? 12 is the number of government. He's saying, it's no longer under a fallen system. It's under the kingdom of God. I wonder if that's why we say grace, if you do say grace. Timothy says that when we, we can take any food and when we give thanks through the word and prayer, it's sanctified. We're taking stuff out of a fallen system and we're bringing it. So when I pray, I take that food and I'm inviting that food out of a cursed system into the kingdom of God. Because my body is the dwelling place of the spirit. I'm sanctifying it. See, there's great power when you take. See, you have the kingdom in you. And when you take what is around you that is unholy, and, it, and, and that whatever it is, see, the, the husband becomes part of the wife, the food becomes part of your body. When it's coming into you, you've got to bring it under the headship of the government of God, where God can begin to multiply it. This is what Elijah did to the widow. He said, what have you got? She said, oh, I've got a little oil and a bit of flour. He says, okay, bring it to me first. Take what you have and see, Elijah represented the kingdom. Bring it to me. Let it come under my government. And when you take something out of a fallen system, why? She's about to die. Everything's gone wrong. That's the world system. And if you've got no money, everything's going wrong. Maybe, uh, this is not to put you down. This is to help you. Maybe what you have, it hasn't come into the government of God. Because when it comes under Elijah's hand and he speaks blessing, separates it for the kingdom, it multiplies. Not just for today, but over and over and over. See, got to be careful here. That's why you can tithe and nothing happens. Because it's not just a transaction. It is taking your money by faith. See, whatever is not of faith is sin. It's taking your money and saying, God, this, was, this is part of a fallen system. I bring it into your kingdom government. You are Lord. That's why the devil hates the tithe. Because it establishes God as spiritual head over everything that you have. And you can be a Christian and argue to the cows come home. Adam knew it. Adam's children knew it. Abraham knew it. That when you bring what you have and you place it under the covering of God, it comes into his kingdom where he can legally bless it. There are two systems. Do you remember me telling you about the Hebrew word? I'm repeating a few things, but it's good to do it. The Hebrew word for, for tithe, do you remember that? Is mazer, M-A-A-S-E-R. And the word mem, the first letter of the word for tithe, is the word that means from. So you've got from, mazer, M, from, and then you've got aza. And that word aza means riches and wealth. Riches and wealth come from the tithe. The word aza is amazing. Let me tell you what that means, riches and wealth. You ready? 
Ayin, Aizat means to see and experience. Shin is El Shaddai, to see and experience El Shaddai, the all-powerful one, and Resh means head. When you see and experience God as your head, riches and wealth come. It's tied into the Hebrew language. When you bring everything that's fallen into the kingdom and establish God as your head, it unlocks kingdom wealth. And it's with tithing, it's with your thinking, it's with every aspect of your life. You, you take every thought captive to the obedience of the kingdom. No, I'm not going to worry and stress anymore. I'm going to see you. See, I've talked about tithing and all of a sudden people, but it's, it's every area. I bring my thinking and I make you Lord of it. I have the mind of Christ. What do you see when you look at my finances, my job, the economy, the investments? I will not make a decision until I hear from you. And do you know what? I'm going to talk about it next week. Holy Spirit speaks in the most amazing ways. I'm going to show you some things next week that are incredible. He whispers in your ear. He will show me it's going to go there, but it won't go there. It will go here. He just, he's amazing. He gives me patterns and blueprints and speaks from here and there. And he, that's called the kingdom. There's a language of the kingdom. So we come out of a fallen system into the kingdom and say, Lord, be the Lord of my finances. Be Lord of my mind. And that's what Matthew 6 is about. Two kingdoms, worry, anxiety, stress. And it finishes by this. The Gentiles seek all these things. See, we were born for rest. We all want to win the lotto. We all want to have provision so we can just not have to worry and do the things to be a blessing to people. Does anyone want to be like that? God built it into our nature. It's normal to think like that. It's abnormal to be worried, stressed, and anxious. Remember the throne of God, the authority of God. Preceding the throne is the sea of glass, of peace and rest. There's no access to authority without peace in your world. And when there's worry and agitation, that's not the kingdom. And he says... The Gentiles seek all these things. And your father, your dad knows that you need all these things. He's not saying, oh, why do you need that? You don't need another hat. You don't need more provision. Come on. You've got one plate. Can't you pass it around the table and all share the same plate? He says, it's your good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? And so we hear this religious garbage that says, well, God wants to bless you because he wants to bless you to be a blessing to others. But don't keep any of it for yourself. God, you know, God's big enough to do both, the left and the right. He can bless you so you've got all the things you desire and still be a blessing. There's four rivers in my tummy. The finest of gold, provision, breakthrough. Why have we numbed God down to this God that, that doesn't want to see you satisfied? Who is this God we created? He's so wasteful in heaven. Streets are made of gold, pearly gates, but not on earth. Unless you're not a Christian, it's okay. He says, your father knows you need all these things. We're nearly finished, but seek First, say it with me. Seek first. Seek first. What does that mean? 
Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is, Lord, what are your principles, your ways? Teach me how the kingdom operates. Teach me how you think. Teach me how to live. Teach me how to choose, to feel. And he says, if you do that, if you just make that your goal, everything will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. See, so I, for me, I've t- told you last week, I want to occupy a realm. So I study that realm, but I don't allow the study of that realm first priority. Or sometimes I do, but, I, but that's my goal. I don't want to me to make decisions based on, on the system. I want to understand how the system works so the kingdom can come through that. But the kingdom has to be first. Seek first the kingdom. God, how do you flow through this realm? And everything shall be added to you. Did you hear that? He is so much better than what you realized. And he has ideas and strategies. He wants to bless you and prosper you until you are the envy of the nations. It says in the scripture that part of Israel coming back is that they'll be stirred and provoked to jealousy. I've not seen a Jew provoked to jealousy because we have revival in our church. And I'm not against revival. Might revival. They're stirred to jealousy because of influence and wealth. That's what makes a Jew tick. They created, there's a DNA in a Jew to possess the land. And in every sector, we, we, our leaders were listening to Lance Wallner talking about every mountain, the media, government, business, you name them, there's a Jew sitting on the top of every mountain. And I love the Jews. I bless the Jews. We love Israel. So don't mishear me. But I'm saying there has to be a kingdom expression that begins to minister to these people on the top of the mountains that provokes them to jealousy. How do you, how do you see what you see? How do you know what's going to happen? They get that because they have an a, a Old Testament covenant blessing and hard work. But we get there because the least in the kingdom is greater than all the blessings of the old covenant. That means the least here should be greater than any physical expression on the earth. So, we begin by acknowledging every good thing that's within us. Thank you, Father, that your kingdom is within me. That it flows like those rivers that Andrew talked about. I am the Garden of Eden. Your good pleasure is upon me. So that's a, that's a mind shift change. He delights in the prosperity of his people. The Bible says that. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no toil. Over and over and over, we need to have a mind shift change. Lord, your delight is to bless me. I am the garden of Eden and there are springs and rivers. Teach me how to flow in that realm. And So next week we're going to talk about flowing with the Holy Spirit to unlock those rivers. And then I'm praying, if it finishes, another week after that, we're going to pray over every person and release kingdom revelation and authority for this realm. Amen? Amen. So why don't we pray? Thank you, Father, for the power of your word. We love you, Jesus. We lift up your name. We magnify you. And it's our desire to bring you great pleasure. We want to occupy till you come. We want to see your kingdom come. The principles of the kingdom touch a world that's so lost and in need. We don't want to be 
hidden under a bed. We don't want to hide our lamp. Lord, we want it to burn brightly. We want to be significant players in our city, in our workplace. So I'm praying for every member here. Enlarge them, prosper them, bless them. Cause them, Lord, to live with passion. You have a mandate and assignment for everyone. Use them. Make them fruitful, Father, this week from Monday until we come back again. Give them opportunities to share their faith, to share about the love of Jesus in their workplace, in the shopping center, wherever they go. Lead them by your spirit and anoint them with business strategy. Teach them how to hear the voice of the spirit, how to cultivate the kingdom of God so it's 30, 60 a hundredfold. I thank you for that, Lord. Let this revelation sink deep, deep, deep into their hearts. Let it not just be another sermon, but stir them. I pray what's stirring in my heart would stir in theirs. Let there be a deposit of your spirit in them this day, I pray. I bless them. Use them powerfully this week. Speak to them mightily. I ask. And if there's anyone here today that you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've heard me preach about this Jesus, this God, and you don't know him today. You know, the Bible says that the only thing that disconnects you from God is unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief. No, nothing else. No, none of the sins that you've ever committed will, will stop you connecting to God. It's, it's your faith in God that matters. And wherever you sit today, you can pray a prayer from the heart and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. I make you Lord of my life. Come and possess me. Let your life come inside me. And the moment you pray that prayer, he says that he'll make you a new creation. His spirit will come in you. Darkness will leave. And his life and love will permeate you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. So if you're listening today on podcasts, watching the video, the live stream, or you're here in this building today and you can hear my voice, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow, but today. He's just a prayer away, a prayer of faith. Ask him into your heart. And he says he'll make all things new. So if that's you today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, do it right now. Do it right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. And he will do that. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteous deeds and he'll make us a new creation. If you've prayed that prayer and it's on podcast, live stream or in this building, let somebody know. The power of our Christian faith is to walk together. So tell someone today. Ring someone up. Tell them, I've just let Jesus into my life. I've asked him in. Get them to pray with you and encourage you.